0: Voice of America, Washington, D.C. Signing on. When the have. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Radio Contra the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org, and of course, hosted by me, the best-selling author of The Gorilla's Guide to the Bowthing Radio, The Gorilla Dispatch Volumes 1 and 2 as well. It's right, NC Scout in here for yet another subversive transmission. If you are hearing this podcast... You are the resistance. And, of course, coming out of a very long weekend, had a uh, yesterday off. I was going to take yesterday off. Uh, it was 9-11. Uh, I had debated on doing a podcast on 9-11 and decided not to. Uh, coming out of a three-day podcast, uh, class in Tennessee we had the compressed RTO and advanced RTO course huge course uh, absolutely huge course and um, full house it was great great class and I really really enjoyed being up there anytime I can get to East Tennessee it's always a good time but uh, yesterday of course 9/11 um, you know coming in now uh, 22 years after the fact. Uh, 22 years after 9-11. And I'm sure that uh, a lot of you out there will remember exactly where you were on that day uh, kicking off the global war on terror. Now, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. There's a lot of... There has been a lot of uh, things in the alternative media. And, you know, I really don't want to talk about that stuff. Um, you know... Whenever you have more questions and answers about things, um, you know it, it's it is one of those times, and and I certainly do. But I think that a lot of that discourse, and there is a time and a place for that, but but a lot of that discourse overshadows the real uh, victims of that day, and um, you know, and, and it it is. I don't think that it's appropriate to discuss those kinds of things. And meanwhile, some people, many people did, uh, yesterday. And I think that that was very unfortunate. Um, you know, yesterday was a day for me to reflect. And, uh, I think, you know, very often about this, about the years that, that ensued, uh, from that time, I was a junior in high school. Um, I'll i absolutely never ever forget that day. And uh, you know, I think that, that anybody who had lived through it uh probably probably would say the same. Uh it was it was something that, that put the entire nation into shock for some time after that. Uh and and of course it kicked off the global war on terror. You know, and I think and and reflect on this quite a bit, actually. Um, you know, what was it all for? <clears throat> Uh, what was it all for? You know, I uh, I lost a lot of friends during that time. I was I, I was a very active participant in that, and um, you know, you kind of think when you look at where we are today, when you look at where the United States is today, in all domains, domestically, internationally. Um, it, is, it is very concerning, and I would say that we lost on all levels. We lost on, on every single domain, every single one of them. Now, there were winners. China was definitely a winner. China was definitely a winner, the global war on terror. They tied us up for 20 years. And look at the, the gains that they made on the international scale. The international stage, rather. You know, the Russians won. The international tyranny won. And the United States had this slow, maddening descent into what we have domestically here. This absolute hell. The Marxist wing of the Democrat Party has sought to create a one-party state. A uniparty state. After corrupting every one of our security institutions here in the United States. Corrupting it from within. And that's where we are. That's where we find ourselves. Unfortunately, that is the legacy that is left behind in the year of our Lord, 2023. And um, it's one that personally... Uh, I am, you know, I'm not really sure how to phrase that one. I had some notes scribbled down here, but I'm not really sure, not really sure how I'm going to phrase it other than I learned a particular set of skills that makes me very good at what I do now, and I impart those skills on you, all of you out there as best I can and at as many opportunities as I can. And I bend over backwards to share that knowledge because when we look at the number of enemies that we have, both foreign and domestic, who are breathing down our necks, you have to be every bit as prepared for that, for that reality as possible. You know, in class, I'll frequently get people who come to class with with one goal. And that goal is typically, you know, I just want to learn how to how to use radios, right? Talking about the RTO course. You know, the other courses are pretty self-explanatory. But the RTO course, I, I want to come to class, learn how to use a radio, right? <clears throat> well, that's fine, but you get a lot more than that. You get a lot more than that. You're going to continue to get a lot more than that because the RTO course courses are much more than just how to use communications devices in totes. It's about building aggregate skill in all domains to network people, to continue to operate under the auspices that, that you are now part of a clandestine organization. Not out of some criminal sense, but out of your very own survival. When you look at what's going on today, China is an enemy to the United States. Russia is an enemy to the United States. Venezuela is an enemy to the United States. Nicaragua is an enemy to the United States. Brazil is an enemy to the United States. Colombia. Argentina. It's looking like the entirety of Africa. It's beginning to look like Saudi Arabia and Iran are becoming one in the same, at least in the amount of damage that they can do to the United States economically. It is coming. Anyone that tells you otherwise on this is a fool, is a coward, and is a person to be ignored. Washington, D.C. is an enemy to the United States. And to the American people, they have political prisoners. It's a fact. It is a fact. They replaced the gulag that they had in Guantanamo Bay with one in Washington, D.C. And there was footage that had got out that was shared by Sebastian Gorka earlier today of the J-6 detainees... Political prisoners, they are waiting to be charged with crimes. They are being held, waiting for a trial, having been denied bail. That is a fact. But they were singing the American National Anthem. They went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th out of love of country. Compare and contrast that, if you will, with the Seattle Federal Courthouse siege that lasted just over 60 days. IEDs were used. U.S. Marshals were injured. They were attacked with high-powered lasers. They were attacked with incendiaries. Where are the charges? Where have they been charged? Where is anyone of this militant group Antifa out there that is far more dangerous and destructive than any controlled opposition right-wing group in the United States that you can name on one hand would ever even dream of being? Where are they being held? Where are their charges? Where is their constant demonization in the media? Where is their censorship? Where is it? Where is any of it? Can anyone describe any of this to me? Aside from pointing out what is that we live in a state of a one-party system that is corrupt to the core with a dual system of justice and has implemented a surveillance state With capabilities that the Soviet NKVD and the East German Stasi could have only dreamed of. That is where we are. That is where we are. Make no mistake about it. The tools, the tactics, the techniques and procedures that we mastered in the global war on terror have come home. And you and I, they have explicitly stated that we are their enemy. How many times do you have to be told this? How many times does it have to be thrown in your face? It's an uncomfortable reality. Yes, I understand this. It is a tough thing to think about. It is a tough thing to discuss. God, it's football season. I get it. You'd rather be entertained. You would rather keep to yourself well, you know, when the time comes. When the time comes. Well, The time is now. The time is now. You know, I've said that the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, with their January 6th roll-up of different persons killed a couple of them killed a couple of them that we know of these are confidence targets they're calibrating their capabilities right now these are confidence targets and if you don't think for a second that they're going to weaponize those same techniques against you well I didn't do anything I whoa oh whoa, whoa well I wasn't even there yeah well Doesn't matter. Maybe you didn't do anything that time, but you'll do something soon. Show me the man, and I will show you the crime. Berea, in charge of the NKVD. And I'll remind you that Berea, after he was no longer useful to the Soviet Politburo in the days after Stalin's abrupt death, was dragged out and shot by his peers. That was a fitting end. Even they had had enough of him, because they knew what he was. here we are in the United States of America, the land of the free and the home of the brave. We have the very same state apparatus right now, staring you down. Can anyone make an honest argument that we don't have this? Is it One doesn't exist. If you argue against this stuff, you are arguing in favor of totalitarianism. If you cannot admit to yourself that we have a dual system of justice that is staring you in the face, then you are a part of the problem. Plain and simple. So InfoWars... Journalist slash host Owen Schroyer gets 60 days for the January 6th Capitol riot. He did not enter the building. He didn't go in. Uh, he was outside, and he is literally being charged, has been now convicted, for what he said. Not what he did, but rather what he said. And this this is a... First Amendment crime. Where's the ACLU? Where is the ADO? Where is any of these organizations that so-called stand up for your rights? Where are they? Well, they're awful quiet. Awfully quiet. You know, it's, it's just one more indicator of exactly where we are. And, you know, the best that Republicans can do in pushing back on any of this is Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, who had his office invaded yesterday. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Yesterday on 9-11, AIDS people, oh yes, the AIDS people. Well, we're we're prideful that we have AIDS with our rainbow flags, getting a little insurrectionary. Going into the Capitol, raise fits, occupying his office. You know, that's very interesting because someone was thrown into prison for a few years for that. Where was the Capitol Police during this? Where was the Capitol Police? Where was Captain Boyd? Sharpshooter Captain Boyd. Where was he? Where was he to pop one of them as they were entering... Why were they allowed in? I thought that we had the greatest security ever. We will never let such a heinous attack on our democracy occur again. Except that you did, and you did it, and you willingly did it. Because the Capitol Police is a joke. You're a bunch of political hacks, political appointees. That's exactly what you are. You're phony. Kevin McCarthy's going to greenlight an impeachment inquiry into Biden. Oh, joy. Right, I'm sure that'll go, that'll really, really go somewhere. I'm sure, I'm sure of it. Just make sure you donate to the re-election campaigns so that we can make sure that this happens. We can have a continuing resolution to look into this a little bit further in the next election cycle. Right, because that's the way this crap works. I'm not donating a damn dime to them and neither should you. Who you should donate to, however, Firearms Policy Coalition, if you're not a member, you need to be. And this is totally uh, unsolicited on their part, but I am a huge fan of what they're doing. They're doing exactly what the NRA should have been doing for the past, uh, let's say, past 100 years. They're doing it. Firearms Policy Coalition is out there doing it. So, of course, we have this New Mexico governor, this completely unhinged Karen. And if you look up what a Karen looks like, this woman, this woman is the stereotypical Karen in every sense of the word. And she has now signed a executive order, a royal decree from... Queen Governor, her regency, Michelle Lujon Grisham, uh, stating that no constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech, there are restrictions on my freedoms. Well, she said this in reference to the now suspension of all carrying of firearms and the expression of firearms rights in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and no doubt attempting to do this across the remainder of the state of New Mexico should she get away with this one? All right? And make no mistake, all Democrats feel this way. Okay. now there was a lot of pushback on this from her her fellow communists who were saying, You know, oh, whoa, wait a minute, you can't just suspend constitutional rights for the reason that they were saying this. You need to be uh, aware of why they were saying this. It's not that they disagree with her. It's that she's letting the cat out of the bag. She is letting that mask slip just enough to where she's stating what their real goal is because she feels comfortable in doing that. Firearms Policy Coalition is giving a pushback. Without a doubt, the disarmament regime, this is a quote coming from them via Twitter, or uh, X, whatever you like to call it. Without a doubt, the disarmament regime is testing the waters for something bigger. That's why right now we are preparing the best challenge possible and intend to destroy not only Governor Grisham's disarmament fantasies, but the fantasies of all anti-rights zealots watching. And they are not exclusively stating this as being part of firearms rights, but all of your rights and totes. Firearms Policy Coalition are freedom fighters, and they're doing it on the legal front. You need to be out there supporting them. They're doing more. They are doing more for your freedoms than the NRA ever, and and Wayne LaPierre's clown show, ever thought about doing. They're freedom fighters. So, of course, you know, the whole story about this Governor Lujon Grisham, uh, who is replete in her southwestern jewelry and, you know, just really country club wine mom. That is exactly what she is, a country club wine mom applied to the southwest. And when I was living in the southwest, I saw these people frequently. Uh, these, these are the type of scumbags you know, California uppity types that you'll see that'll be frequenting like art shows in Santa Fe and that kind of thing. You, you know, these are just people that you don't take seriously because they're not serious people. Okay? They're not serious people. They're the type of folks that watch crap on MSNBC and think that it's real. And when these people get political power, this is exactly what they do. They're not familiar with your rights, nor do they give a damn about them. And I would even say that that uh, uh, Lujan Grisham here, of course, uh, New Mexico is the the great state of the atrocious governor uh, Bill Richardson. I remember him uh, specifically. I remember him. But you know, New Mexico is very much uh, the politics there are a lot like North Carolina. Uh, a lot like North Carolina, it it's it is a red state in a lot of ways, but it has its its blue pockets that are dominated by people who have moved there from elsewhere. Uh, that that's kind of the way that it's been for a very long time. And and you know when I was living in West Texas and spent a lot of time hanging out in New Mexico and, and going across New Mexico, I had a very deep love for the state, uh, and and still do. You know, this, I I know who this woman is. You know, she is literally, we, in in North Carolina, we had a governor named Bev Perdue. And and you look into her, she was, uh, she, they, they did everything to her, but remove her from office. uh, Came short of that. She was deeply corrupt to the core. uh, Horribly unpopular. You know, another Democrat, Karen. And, you know, the same, same person, same person. And very, very similar personalities, very, um, you know, last person that you would want to be in charge of anything because they don't have your well-being, safety of the people, any, any of those things at heart. What they crave is power, right? What they crave is power. And that is the lone thing that motivates people like this. She doesn't want to be governor to say that she's he's the governor, that she's actually helping anybody. She wants to be the governor so that she can go to her neighbors or the boyfriend in high school that might have dumped her or was mean to her or whatever and say, you know, well, I'm the governor, right? That's what motivates these types of people. That's who they are. And they are more than willing to step on and crush anyone in their way. Rights be damned. They don't care. Right? What's legal and what's just is whatever they say that it is. And this is what we're seeing out of the modern Democrat Party, the one-party system. Now, I'm not even mentioning Republicans because they've become almost irrelevant. Almost. You know, it's it's going to be interesting how this works out. Of course, there was a counter-protest in Albuquerque, uh, or a protest, rather, in Albuquerque uh, in the face of this And the governor's office has already put out a statement stating that they were going to um, send out citations. And, of course, this is kind of a shot across the bow. Send out citations to the people who had attended it for violation of the executive order. Well, you know, I think everybody kind of knows my thoughts on public gatherings and get-togethers. I've been very consistent on this over the years. Uh, since the Lobby Day, which I still catch flack for for the Lobby Day thing, I pointed that out when this this uh, whole rigmarole started. That you know, this is very similar to Lobby Day in Virginia a few years back. Um, you know, and and the guys that that went to it, and and I know I, I'm good friends with several people that went to that. Okay, um, but. Don't call it a show of force. It's not what it was. Okay, you went there and you stood around. You left before sundown, and you picked up your trash. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. Um, You're not getting anywhere with that. For the people that say, "Oh well, this is it's like the modern civil rights movement or whatever." No, I'm sorry. No, 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 and no. Um, No, that's there's there's a number of other factors that are going on here and there. You're comparing literally apples to avocados. And there were a number of other factors in both cases, which I don't care to discuss, that make these situations very different, uh, completely mutually exclusive. So no, th- there's, that is no comparison whatsoever. And further, further, the modern surveillance state. So how do you think that they're going to get the information on the people in question. How do you think that they are going to know who was there? Well, I'm sure the overwhelming majority of the people that went to that were carrying cell phones in their back pocket. (laughs) You know, because we can't leave those things at home anymore. Now, I've talked about ad nauseum, the danger of cell phones. Some of you have listened. Some of you just can't seem to break habits. It's like you're addicted to heroin. And that heroin is that thing, that black box in your back pocket. You just can't do it. You know, it, it's... it's. Mm. But, you know, the people that need to hear that message will get that message. The ones who don't, well, you're just going to have to learn the hard way. You know, we, we spent the entirety of the global war on terror in the post-9-11 world hunting people down based on cell phones. I mean, I I really don't know how else to break it down to you other than that. And you really didn't think that they were going to do the same thing? Maybe, you know, here at home, maybe the technology is beyond you. I get it. Okay, I get it. Maybe you can't necessarily wrap your mind around all this, but I'm going to tell you something. If you are an under 30 guy out there who is tech savvy and you still haven't grasped the fact that cell phones and what a danger they are, Because I can promise you, the technology is not beyond you. What the fuck is your excuse? And yeah, I'll I'll catch a little flack for this too. You damn well do need to be listening to your betters. Who actually did this for a living. If you want to create any sort of pushback against this at all. Or not. The choice is yours. All I can do is try and share what I know, and I share a lot of it based on what I did, based on my experience. I'm not trying to sell you a line of crap. I'm not trying to give you sawdust powder in capsules. I'm simply trying to build the aggregate skill level up based on what I know works, for a fact, because I saw it work learn from your enemies, right, or not, or not. What awaited the January 6th detainees awaits anyone who is on the wrong side of this political machine, and if you think I'm kidding, if you think I'm kidding about any of that, just wait. Just wait till next year. It's gonna really start ramping up then. Now, China has the same aim, right? What's gonna happen if they bring the war home? What's going to happen when, in that inevitability, that the neocons, the warhawks, push us into a war with Russia and China decides to jump in it because they will. What's going to happen when if when and if we lose that war? The enemy has a say. There's a whole lot of overconfidence that I see in a lot of circles, especially the military ones, that just simply assume that we're gonna win. Right? Yeah, we'll go to war, we're gonna kick their ass, we're gonna win. We haven't won a war in some time. Mind you. We produce absolutely nothing. We produce absolutely nothing. Yes, yes, I know. Okay, I get it. The uh, Poland just ordered 480-some high Mars. Oh, okay. What's the timeline on production on those? What is the timeline on the production on those, and where is the guidance systems being made? This is assuming, of course, that we can turn it out in any reasonable time. We've canceled now for a second time our hypersonic missile program. Started it back up and we canceled it again because we can't get it right. This isn't the Cold War. This isn't the era where we had the best and brightest that were doing things. The best and brightest in America have been de-incentivized on a mass scale, from joining the fight. Look at the recruiting numbers. This is pathetic. Look at the record numbers of of vets out there, myself included, saying not only no, but hell no. I am not sending my kids to war for this regime, who repeatedly says they do not care for me. That they want me gone. That I am the, the culmination of all the problems in this country. When we know that it is the opposite. A dual system of justice. So we've got enemies on all sides, American patriots. We have enemies on all sides. And you need to be ready for that reality. You need to be ready for that eventuality that it doesn't matter how this breaks down whether it is a civil war and one that it looks like we're careening towards an international war which it looks like we're careening towards as well there's very strong cases for these being made you need to be ready for that eventuality that this is going to happen how are you going to keep you and yours afloat well you know, there's a number of things that you need to do, you know, and training needs to really be at the, the top of that, getting yourself well-equipped. store. all orders over $100 shipping free. My mission is to equip you, okay? We've got everything from communications gear to optics to custom knives, uh, Kyle Tepfer, custom knives, you know, he's a top apprentice under Daniel Winkler. And uh, I think Daniel Winkler, Winkler um, knives really needs zero introduction. I'm actually sitting here looking at one of my Winkler knives right now. I've got a Winkler operator I'm sitting here looking at. But I got the first batch of his knives up. The axes are coming in very shortly. I've got pictures right here of them. He is, Kyle is making the sheaves right here in North Carolina. Uh, So they should be in next week. He's going to be hooking those up. And then, of course, we have the uh, Bolo Buoys that are going to be coming out after that. So I'm really excited to get these blades out. I think that they are going to be hot sellers. And uh, some of the EDC Hunters, which are the first blades that I have, I've got a few of those left in stock. Uh, The U.S. Night Vision Designate IRs are going to be back in stock very soon. This has been one that y'all out there have absolutely pounded down the door on. And I am um, I can only supply what I'm getting supplied. Uh, so it, it has been, uh, that's, that's one that, you know, I got a big order of them at first. I didn't think that they were going to uh, sell out the way that they did or the demand was going to be as high as it was for them. And man, it's been crazy. Uh, But all products, by the end of this month, all of the products in the store are going to be back in stock. We've got a bunch of new things that are coming out to brush beater hoodies as well that are going to be here in just a couple of weeks, Uh, just a couple of weeks. Approved the artwork design this morning and uh, got those off and they are going to be inbound uh, and we're going to have those up for sale before the end of the month. So, you know, everybody loves hoodies in the fall. So I'm really excited for all of these things as brushbeater.store, all orders over a hundred dollars ship free. All right. So, uh, questions to Radio Contra from the listeners. And I always love fielding these questions. um, I get a ton of emails every day. I try to stay on top of them as best as I can. But man, you know, as some of y'all know, it, it's like juggling chainsaws. Um, so sometimes I don't get to answer them directly. But every once in a while, I'll get, I'll get some great questions from y'all out there. And, um, you know, it. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoy answering them on air because it's something I tell everybody in class if it's a question that you have, there's chances that other people probably have this question as well. And, uh, you know, this one revolves around a very fun topic to me. Uh, firearms always love talking guns, you know, and, and, uh, I am quite the AK aficionado as many of you out there know. Um, you know, it, and I have seen its terminal performance, at least in 762 by 39 firsthand many, many times. Uh, so I, I am a huge fan of the weapon platform. I'm a huge fan of the caliber, uh, that caliber 762 by 39 in particular. But uh, this question being emailed in from uh, a reader. Good afternoon, Matt. Uh, this is regarding the AK-104 versus a ten and a half inch 300 blackout. I hope you're doing well. I've recently published or uh, recently purchased all of your publications, as well as the field manuals provided in the Brush Peter store. Thanks, brother. I couldn't believe how fast everything was processed and shipped. You and your team are incredible. We are a family enterprise, brother, and I am blessed in that regard beyond belief. When you have an incredible family behind you and everybody is on the same page and, you know, such a, a smart and talented family, um, as, as I'm blessed to have, it, it's really something to give praise to the Lord for. So, uh, you know, and, and the shipping times is all them by the way, uh, they, you know, my family is the ones that figured all of that out. Uh, and, and I've got a couple of family members that, that are familiar with corporate level logistics and know how to make things run, uh, properly, you know, and so I'm, I'm kind of the face man behind this, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a big thing. My, I'll tell you, my sister-in-law is the one who is, who is the real driver behind this uh she she is incredible uh absolutely incredible so the the quick shipping times you can really thank her you know you you can thank her it, it ain't necessarily me i'm i'm running here and there and everywhere and doing farm work and um you know keeping keeping the shelves in stock and you know paying the invoices and teaching the classes and doing the podcast some kind of the face behind everything but you know if, if you the real thanks goes to the family uh, seriously. But uh, anyway, your, your uh, question goes on here. I've read through all your publications I was very interested by your article slash chapter on the AK-104. I definitely see the benefit of a short-barreled rifle with enough ass behind the cartridge to get the job done over the 5.56. 5. Yes, uh, absolutely. A hundred and fifty thousand percent. This isn't to say, by the way, this is this is me interjecting here. This isn't to say, by the way, the 556 five, is bad. Okay, I love the 556. Five, I love it. 77 grain open tip match. Uh, our friends at Palmetto State Armory are making an incredible, an incredible uh, 556 five, in house. 556, five, 77 grain open tip match for 55 cents a round. Uh, so if you click the link down below in the show description and order some of that ammo under their AAC brand, now they've got the Sierra Match King as well, but the uh, the in-house 77 grain, from what I've seen in my rifles, everything from a Colt 6920 to uh, an FN barreled parts gun essentially to some of the other PSA rifles that I have to my Sons of Liberty Gunworks thirteen seven topped with a knife force, right? I've got, you know, I have a multitude of platforms that kind of satisfy a number of different budgets because I hand out weapons to folks in class, too, that, you know, might need to get familiarized uh, or, or just need learner weapons, right? So, uh, But anyway, it performs extremely well. Um, and, um, you know, but... Anyway, I'll get there. Let's go on with this email. From the ballistic information I've read, as well as my own experience on Texas wild hogs, which is a, uh, if you're not a hog hunter and you're at all interested in real world ballistics, you probably ought to become a hog hunter uh, because feral swine and humans are well i'll put it like this if you can successfully hunt feral swine you can hunt humans and if it'll kill feral swine it'll kill a human um you know and and feral swine are are particularly vicious if you have never been charged by a boar in the wild you have no idea um they're dangerous uh they are that is dangerous game uh, but 300 Blackout from a short barrel performs similar to 762 by 39 from a 16-inch barrel. I currently own a 10.5-inch 300 Blackout that I use for hog hunting as well as home defense. I live in a southeast Texas suburb. I've also used my PSA AK-47GF3 with great effect for hog and deer hunting. Without needlessly adding another rifle to the armory, do you think that the AK-104 would fulfill anything my 300 blackout doesn't? Cost of 7.62 by 39 is definitely less than 300 blackout, and PSA is gearing up their factories for domestic production of both both rounds, promising affordability and continued domestic supply. Do or uh, if you do believe there is merit to adding this rifle, would you suge- suggest suggest the PSA GF3? gf4 or gf5 iteration thanks for all you do may god continue to bless you and your family with success happiness and good health regards um you know god bless you too and uh thank you for for this question um you know and i want to i want to dive really deep into this so one interesting note uh 300 blackout the the round itself You know, we all know that it's it's 30 caliber round stuffed into a 556 casing, Uh, but 300 blackout is actually uh, the patent for it is owned by AAC, which Palmetto State now owns. Uh, So, you know, their in-house production of 300 blackout. I mean, that's the original recipe for it, um, from what I understand. So you know you, you're you're kind of getting the original there, even though the, I, I think there's there's a number of companies out there. Hornaday, of course, Black Hills. There's a number of companies that are, are cranking out 300 blackout. 300 blackout's cool for what it is. Uh, I don't own one because I have such an investment in 762 by 39 that I just don't. Um, I'm not going to add another caliber to what I'm already supporting that, that just doesn't really make a lot of sense for me. Um, but if, if I was starting out, if I was starting out all over, um, nothing wrong with 300 blackout, you know, and I really think too, this is something that I used to argue that if I can't find it in Walmart, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to shy away from it, but that's an argument that, you know, I was making five years ago, 10 years ago. And it, you know, most Walmarts now don't even carry ammo. So that's kind of become a moot point. And, you know, when I, when I go into Cabela's or, or, you know, any, any of the, uh, sporting goods stores, they're still firearms oriented and they're kind of becoming few and far in between now. Um, you'll find 300 blackout. So I I don't think, and, and with Palmetto State, you know, owning the patent on that now, I don't think availability is going to be a problem. Uh, I don't foresee that being a problem it, any more than, than 5.56 will be or even 7.62 by 39. Um, so I that that's kind of what I wanted to, to put out there. Now, 300 Blackout was designed. There were... Um, really two iterations of it. There was the, the 300 Whisper, which was subsonic as it was in development. It is a slightly different caliber. I understand that. Uh, they, they're not necessarily interchangeable, but the, the 300 Blackout was kind of the, the next evolution of it where they had a, a supersonic variety and a subsonic variety. Um, good caliber. All right, good caliber, very capable caliber ballistics in its supersonic, um, version is on par with 7.62 by 39. And I'm here to tell you, you know, 7.62 by 39 is a man killer. Okay. That's a man killer round period, you know, period. And I know for a fact, you know, and, and I'm talking about using, um, you know, the the uh, open tip match version, the, the anti-personnel version of 762 by 39 8M3, which has pre-fail cuts uh, cut into it. They, those rounds are extremely rare these days. Um, you're probably not going to find those anymore on the U.S. market. Uh, soft points, you know, 762 by 39 soft points, I've been killing deer with that for a very long time now. Um, you know, back from the, the days of, of Norinco SKS is that you could get for 80 bucks. Um, you know, and, and guys would be shooting 7.62 by 39 with soft points out of those. And you know, I mean, that was a poor man's deer rifle around here. Um, you know, of course now, now not so much anymore. Uh, but, but back in the day, you know, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, definitely, definitely was, um, so, to your question here, both rifles are extremely capable. Uh, both rifles are are extremely effective. There is one thing that that differentiates them, and you know, and and I say this as being a die hard, died in the wool AK man. Okay, I love the Kalashnikov rifle. I love it. I think it is one of the best weapons designed for the end user, for simplicity, for maintenance in the field. It is it is such a cool weapon. Uh, however, it is also a product of the era in which it was designed. And any attempt to integrate optics on it, you're going to jump through some hoops. Okay, Now, I have AKs that are decked out for, you know, running with, with optics, our lasers, you know, and, and some of you've seen it. Some of you've, you know, had hands on with it. Some of you have got to use it. Um, the ones that I have that are set up like that and, and, you know, they, they run extremely well and and I love them. Okay. Great weapons. However, if I'm going to be running a thermal site, for example, The best way to do that, and I don't think that there's anybody uh, on the face of the earth with with real-world trigger time that's going to say or argue that the AR platform is superior for mounting optics, okay? It it just is. Mechanically, it's simpler. And so if I'm going to be mounting something like a thermal sight, for example, like something from uh, AGM, like an AGM Rattler, for example, um... And that's weapon mounted. I want that center line of the bore, and I want that as securely mounted to the weapon as possible. And I'm sorry, you know, every one of the uh, kludgy kind of solutions that are out there, like the you know the the railed top covers for the AK and everything, um, they just don't really do it for me. And my results, even the one that. Uh, on the market that's supposed to not move at all. And, you know, you'll never lose zero or whatever. I, I'm sorry. Um, I did not have good results with it personally. And so I, I won't run it now running an AK with an Ultimac or something like SLR gunworks with their forward mounting rail. Hey man, yes, like that works. And, and that is my preferred way to run an AK, um, you can throw an hour laser on that. I am looking over here in the the corner right now. My, my grab and go weapon is a GF three, and this leads me to, to answering your, your question here because I've got an AK one hundred four, and uh, you know I wrote that that chapter that was in uh, Guerrilla Dispatch Volume two, by the way. Um, you know it it if you have a three hundred blackout. You already have that, right? Uh, and for hog hunting, I mean, dude, hunting with thermal is an unfair advantage. I mean, hunting hunting with night vision, you, you know, as long as it's lawful to do so. I ain't talking about capping deer under night vision. That would be illegal, and we're not going to do that. Uh, but, but, you know, hunting feral swine, hunting coyotes with night vision, damn right, man, all day, every day. Um, you know, it, and uh, very, very cool. But thermal takes it up to the next notch. And uh, if you're able to do that with with 300 blackout and you can can keep that um, supplied, I would just stick with it personally. That that's my answer. And, and that might be an unusual one, uh, one that maybe you know some of y'all out there wouldn't necessarily expect. If you're looking to get into the AK <clears throat> and you do it, by your, your answer here, or your email, you do have a, a GF3. And, you know, you've hog hunted and by your own admission, you've hog hunted and deer hunted with that too. Um, but man, I'm, I'm just telling you optics integration is, is really where it's at. And I think that that is the difference maker there. And that's no slight on the AK at all. Again, you know, if you're running night vision, you run a set of nods, 14s or, or uh, dual tubes and, and an IR laser. Hey man, you know, rock and roll, um, I don't think that you're losing anything with the AK, uh, as long as you are mounting everything on the, on that Ford rail. And again, SLR Gunworks makes a really good one. Uh, our friends, uh, Cameron Tapler uh, over at at Palmetto State Armory, him and Joe Sion, If you go back and listen to the podcast I did with them, we were talking about all the cool things you do with the AK, um, and and you know their philosophy behind all that. You know they've they've got a a close partnership with SLR Gunworks under their Soviet arms brand. And, um, you know, they're offering a, a whole lot of stuff. So second part of your question here, you know, talking about which which AK. So the one that I really gravitate towards these days and, and the one that, that I'll just tell you, you know, my grab and go weapon is a Palmetto State Armory GF-3. And this this one is the sleeper of the whole AK line. Like, you know, the AK 100 series gets a lot of attention and a lot of love, and and of course, you know, they came out with the Type 56 that's getting a ton of love, and you know, and, and because they look cool and, and they have that aesthetic to them. But um, you know, from a practicality standpoint, um, this this one I'm about to describe in my experience, is really the best one, and it is a GF3, okay, it's a pinned and welded GF3, it's got a 13.7 inch barrel, so it's pinned and welded with a uh, JMAC key mod suppressor mount, brings it out to 16 inches, and uh, so, yeah, you can you can run this thing suppressed, it's got that integrated uh, front sight and gas block combo, which is really, really cool, and, you know, you, you have it in this this compact, you know, lightweight package. It's very similar to, in, in Form Factor, the uh, AK-104, but it comes with rails, right? They've, they've got a railed version that's using that SLR Gunworks rail, and this thing is coming in right about the same price as the AK-104 that has polymer furniture. So you'd have to add all that stuff. Um... That's the one to get, man. Like, if, if you're trying to get that next AK in, in the AK game, that's the one to get. Now, let's talk about the differences since, you know, I'm good friends with, with uh, Palmetto State, and, um, you know, they, they're a friend of the show. I've had them on the podcast, I've done tons of product reviews for them. I will stand for, for Palmetto State all day, every day. Um, I think they build some incredible, incredible weaponry and their AKs are are great. You know, the only people that are shitting on on Palmetto State AKs are like those weirdos on on 4chan and you know, uh eh, whatever. We don't really need to talk about them. We don't need to give them any airtime. Um, you know, the the weirdo collector guys that you know, they wear like Soviet trench coats around and stuff and everything has to be like you know, everything has to be factory original, Cloud. Like, you know, dude, come on. Like, let's get real. I've had some. I have had some shit. It, it. 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 Surplus AKs over the years. Okay, Romanian, Yugoslavian, Hungarian. You know, guns that that these days would fetch a whole lot of money. I've seen some sloppy ass QC out of that. Yes, yes, I know. They're supposed to be the very best and all that, you know. I had an arsenal that was awful. It was an awful, awful weapon. Like, everything was misaligned on that thing. You know, it, it just... Anyway, um, <laughs> it's neither here nor there. It, like, it makes me laugh, but, you know, it's just, whatever. These people online, it's like what Reed Hendricks said in a video one time, the people that run their mouth online, like, they, they do more of that than they do shooting, and they don't really know much of nothing. So, you know, it, take it for what it is, right? But that's why you're asking me and, and you know, not them. But uh, that GF3, so the GF3, you're getting a nitrided barrel, okay? So the uh, the main difference between the GF3, the GF4, and the GF5 is the barrel, okay? The There, there are a couple other very minor differences in there, but it, but it is the barrel. That's primarily what it is. Um, that's the one that's really the difference maker. And and the nitrided barrel, you know, the the, uh, debate goes on and on. And, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a barrel snob in AKs because I don't think that it matters that much Um, if you're not shooting – corrosive ammo it definitely doesn't matter uh nitrided barrels typically are going to be a little bit more accurate chrome lined barrels are certainly going to stand up if if you're shooting tracers or corrosive ammo or or whatever and that's the reason that chrome lining exists right so the gf-5 you're getting uh, a uh, fn chrome lined barrel with the gf-4 you are getting an in-house palmetto state chrome line barrel, and then uh, with the GF-3, you're getting a nitrided barrel. That's really the big difference there. Why is Palmetto State doing the pinned and welded guns on the uh, GF-3 barrels? It, that's very simple because the machining process of a, of cutting and, and uh, pinning and welding a nitrided barrel, when you are crowning it, because crowning has everything to do, having a proper crown on a barrel has everything to do with, with your accuracy, and and can negatively affect it um you know it's easier to do and every gunsmith knows this it is easier to do that than it with a nitrided barrel than it is with a chrome line barrel the the chances of uh chipping in the um uh the crowning once you've cut uh cut and, and pinned and welded it they you can run into a lot of problems there um you know a lot of smiths that are out there gunsmiths particularly uh, in the ar world as well as the ak world but especially the ak world over the years uh will tell you that uh they will tell you that because back in the day of the um the wasser tens where they were really the king and everybody was wanting to modify them and you know uh they were doing the the amd 65 mod on them which i have one of those guns that that i had done And uh, Jim Fuller has talked about this in the past, Uh, even though he wasn't the Smith that did mine, but he's he's talked about it. He's been on podcasts. He's done a couple of YouTube videos and such. Uh, I think he's mostly retired now, though. He's he hasn't been real active in the past couple of years, but he talked about this where, you know, you, you would cut that barrel you pin and weld it and you you might run into some accuracy issues out of it because of the crowning process. Uh, there were a couple of Smiths that were running around, uh, outside of Fort Bragg back in that era that were doing all kinds of neat stuff with AKs. Uh, one of them used to hang around guns plus, uh, which, which is the big gun store there in spring Lake. And, um, you know and and we had a lot of conversations about that and there were a lot of guys that were bringing the, they were buying their AKs for you know 4 or 500 dollars bringing them in and they wanted to cut them down because of the the jungle like the pine jungle terrain around Fort Bragg so that AMD 65 mod what you would do is you'd take the the front sight post push it all the way back with a machine press to the gas block and then you would cut the, uh, the barrel down, and you would uh, weld and pin on a flash hider. Right. And so one of the, the frequent ones that we would do was the uh, the Smith Vortex flash hider because that would bring you out to 16 and a quarter inches when you, you pinned and welded it. And so, you know, you're, you're over the legal length, but you've got a very handy package right there, uh, you know, especially when you put like a, a, a Galil style folder on, which like mine is set up to have, you know, really cool truck gun. Killed a lot of deer with those. Killed a couple hogs with those. Killed a javelina with those. Uh, with with that rifle, uh, specifically, and and you know that cut down style. And because Palmetto State is making these like that, but it has the integrated gas block, and they already they've already done it. Uh, I think that that is the coolest AK that they make. It is criminally underrated, and nobody's talking about it. Uh, Now, the AK-104 is still, if if that's the one your heart is set on, man, and I love mine. I absolutely love it. I think the AK-104, just like I wrote in that article, the AK-104 is one of the coolest AKs out there in any market, whether you're a collector, whether you're doing serious stuff with it, whether you're buying it for home defense, hunting use, whatever it is. Man, I, I think that that is... Uh, traditionally been one of the coolest setups for an AK. And any time that you're in the the woods, you know, maneuvering around in in tight terrain, jungle type terrain, heavy woodland, pine jungle, like, you know, what we have, central North Carolina, eastern North Carolina, um, any time you can take a little length off of that barrel and maintain that terminal effect, which 762 by 39 is very well known for. Uh, it is a great woodland fighting caliber that's not affected by heavy vegetation either because of its mass um, that I'm telling you, you you're gonna love it but but back to my original point um 300 blackout if you're heavily invested in that man keep it and and 300 blackouts a great caliber uh, great caliber until you try and shoot it out of a 556 gun. And uh <laughs> I have seen I have seen that with uh that that almost happened uh with my own two eyes. I saw it almost happen. Uh, fortunately we caught it before it it, it could uh, have negative consequences because it would. Uh so that PSA GF3 pinned and welded, that is my choice. Um if you dead set on the AK one oh four well then you're dead set on it and and i don't think that you can go wrong but that psa i'm telling you the psa gf3 pinned and welded barrel is really uh what a rifle uh what a rifle and i think that you'll be very very happy with it Uh, so i hope that that answers your question and uh of course it is ending the show on a good note um you know we kind of we kind of started out talking about some serious stuff you know and and this nation is in a very precarious state uh, we know this right we know this but we were born each and every one of us the lord put us on the earth when he did for a reason understand that recognize that folks and at the end of the day going in love Love your neighbors as yourselves because that is what we are commanded to do. God bless each and every one of you out there. Brushbeater.store, all orders ship free over $100 and all orders under $100 ship for a very, very small fee. I think it is $6.99 as of this recording. So, you know, you folks out there have made the store What it is. Quick shout out to our other show sponsors. CivilDefenseManual.com. Jack Lawson's two volume set. I wrote the communications chapter. But it has a lot of great content in it. Written by other experts in the field. Of course, Blacksmith Publishing. My friends Paul LeFavor and Mike Blackburn, Special Forces Legends. Wrote the Small Unit Tactics Handbook for the small unit tactics course as part of the SFQ course. But they've got a lot of other really great books over there as well. Godly men and great men that I am very proud to call friends. Also check out their podcast, the Pinelander, over on the Pinelander.com. You can find that, of course, here on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts last certainly not least my very good friend joe dolio with TacticalWisdom.com. he has got tactical wisdom volume five fixing to come out it is well underway we had a little private chat about that when he was down for class in tennessee and i think all of you are going to be really excited for that one with that said folks god bless and i will talk to you again very very soon. This is NC Scout, out.